Hello, and welcome to Ruta Cosmic Wisdom. I'm Amy. And I'm Alexis. We chat about astrology, archetypes, and spirituality, exploring how these and more can be woven into the day-to-day energy of life. So we'd like to invite you to settle into your body and join us. All right. Good evening. We are recording in the evening. We usually record in the morning. So we usually say good morning. But tonight we have a special guest with us who is in Bali. So to accommodate the timing, we are here um, in the evening in the East Coast and Central time. So yeah, I would love to welcome the guest we have today. We have Faye with us, who is a friend of mine, an amazing astrologer who I'm very excited to have on because we get to chat a little astrology and do a little, um, yeah, just see what, see what magic we create in the world of astrology. So welcome, Bay. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Alexis. And thank you, Amy, so much for having me on the podcast. It's uh, such an honor to be a part of it. And thank you for accommodating the Bali time zone, which is not the easiest one with North America. <laughs> um, but nice to uh, weave this magic together. So thank you so much for having me on. Yeah, of course. Thanks for being here. And tell us, a, we, we start out with a, tell us about yourself. Okay, yeah. So as Alexis mentioned, I'm an astrologer, but I actually sort of um, uh, more focus it on astrological counseling. So for those who may not be familiar with astrological counseling, it's for me such a profound tool to guide people through therapy, through counseling, using their natal chart and the transits that they're going through. And for me, I find using astrology, this incredible um, tool for empowerment, for self-discovery, for self-understanding, and more than anything, self-acceptance. So once astrology hit my life, I mean, I was interested in it since I was a kid. I remember lying in the fields, reading my astrology books as a child. But when I first came to Bali, actually, I met my first mentor, Chris Skidmore, and he showed me that it was possible to actually do this as a life, as a career, as live my passion which you know as the birds agree with <laughs> you'll be hearing a lot from them I love them um uh, yeah and so once I sort of made that decision and realized that I could sort of break free from the sort of very satirian um way of life that I was living in Toronto Canada uh, my whole world started to open up <laughs> Uh, that is Leonardo he is a podcast cat (laughs) I love it yeah (laughs) he feels like he needs to be in everything he he is a um cancer son (laughs) (laughs) but he we called him in on Lionsgate and Leo ended up being what my son decided to name him so he, he he takes you know his Lionsgate calling very seriously. Nice. I appreciate that. Yeah, he's committed to the cause. Yeah. Yes. Um, so yeah, so that's a bit about me. And so now I have an astrology business and I write astrology forecasts and moon musings. And I just feel so grateful that this gets to be my life and that I get to share it with other people and really hopefully inspire and enlighten people to the um if it resonates the power that astrology gives us the insights you know I always refer to it as a as a cosmic hug I always feel so supported and so um held with uh with knowing the astrology yeah it's such a helpful tool once you realize it's there I find it just makes me feel a little less crazy, but whatever's going yeah. on, right? like, like, oh, great. It exactly. Just sense of things. Yeah, I love that. Well, Alexis knows I've been going through a pretty major transit recently. And if I didn't have the knowledge of it, I don't even know what I, I mean. I've gone through transits in my life without knowing it. And God, I wish I had that knowledge because now I'm like, okay, I'm not crazy. This is why I'm being pounded with these, you know, constant themes. And so for me, I actually see my work trans, 
often <laughs> transiting more into transit work because there are these crazy portals of transformation if used consciously. And I've gone through transits unconsciously. And sorry, for people who don't know what transits are, it's the current movement of the planets and how they interact with your natal chart. And when you go through um, what are the outer planet transits, usually um, Pluto, Neptune, and Uranus, those are the sort of really hefty ones. I mean, I'm reading a book right now that it's called Pain, Crisis, and the Transits of Pluto, <laughs> Neptune, and Uranus. So <laughs> it gives you a bit of a guideline. But um, yeah, I just finding having that container to work within just makes me feel so much more grounded and to consciously work for these transformational um, periods that we go through. So maybe we can touch on transits for a little bit since that is coming up. Um, I know Amy and I touched on transits a little bit. We did a planets like 101 podcast. And as we went through the planets, we kind of talked about, you know, the transits, but what would you say are, um, and maybe just even for you personally, for like clients that you have, what are like the top transits that like come to mind? Like if you're looking at someone's chart and you get it and you're just like, oh, that's a big one. Like what are the yeah. big transits you feel? <laughs> Usually if I ever pull up a chart with a, a friend or somebody, I'm sure you might be able to relate um, where you're like, oh, that. And they're like, what, tell me what's going on. I'm like, sorry, I know that's such an annoying astrologer thing. <laughs> But I'm like, there it is. That makes sense. Um, so Saturn transits, those are sort of hefty ones. Those really take you into your core and make you work for them, you know? And so we have, you know, the very um, well-known now Saturn returns, but there are also Saturn squares. And when Saturn, you know, is opposite your sun, they all have a different flavor to them. Um, and transits for me, they represent the, um, the situation that's unfolding around us. You know, my, uh, my mentor uh, would say that it's like a tuning fork. You know, you're sort of calling in these vibrations that really sort of resonate with those energies. So Saturns are big ones. They tend to bring up the self-doubt, the self-criticism, the I'm not enough, I can't do this, you know. And yet, as um, I was listening to your last podcast, which was such an ode to Saturn, which I really loved. <laughs> um, but like you said, he's amazing. He's our mastery. He, you know, we get to show how much we want it, how we're willing to work for it, that perseverance that he really guides us through. Um, and then, like I mentioned, the outer planets are sort of, those are, those are hefty ones. Um, so Uranus moves the quickest within the three of the outer planets, but still um, relatively is quite long. And then Neptune and Pluto, and they all have different flavors. You know, for me, they, they each have their own flavor of learning to surrender. You know, that Uranian quality is so spontaneous and you never know what's going to happen and you're sort of having to surrender to this suddenness and to those sort of you know flash changes that can happen in your life in a uranus transit but that are also really trying to call you into um your individuation and really call you into sort of your uniqueness your ability to stand alone in this world and neptune Neptune to me is about the sort of dissolving of what no longer serves you in this life, which can be super beautiful or super painful. And again, bringing in that consciousness. I've gone through Neptune transit where I didn't know about astrology, didn't know about transits. And it was ruthless. It took everything away from me and I had no context for it. And I was like, why is my life literally falling apart in a month? Like everything that I'd been working for, for years, within a week, just totally disappeared. And, um, and then getting to, that's actually when I really started getting into astrology because I was like, what is going on? <laughs> I don't understand this. Everything is just falling apart. And, uh, and then learning that he dissolves what is no longer true to you, what is no longer true to your essence. 
So Neptune transits can feel super transcendent and enlightening and beautiful and, you know, full of magic and mystery. And they can feel full of despair and disillusionment and confusion and chaos. And the sort of um, analogy that I was using at the time is like you're driving through fog and you want to speed up and you just want to get through it because you don't want to go through this anymore, this uncertainty, this unknown. And yet what you actually have to do is slow down and really sort of take that time, really listen, really trust, almost sink into the confusion to allow it to pass. Um, and then the, heft, uh, the last hefty one, Pluto, which is what I'm currently going through. Um, they, Pluto transits, for anyone who's gone through a Pluto transit, that's all you really have to say. They know. You, <laughs> yeah. have you guys, can you relate to that? I'm thinking about a friend that I have right now going through one and I'm just like, yeah, like exactly, like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I've I've done I've done my Pluto square and I just completed and survived um, my simultaneous Uranus opposition and Saturn opposition. Oh wow! Okay, congratulations. That is a you know you. those are the two <laughs> Titans battling it out. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. There's like a honestly like a celebration when you finish a trans and you're like oh I did it you know and that thing that thing yeah <laughs> and when you're in it it can feel like you can never possibly get through it you know it's gonna last forever and transits last different lengths for different people um and I personally feel just from my own experience that sometimes I go through much longer transits because the gods are like, you, you need a little bit more time to really get into this, which I both appreciate and sometimes get frustrated with. <laughs> um, so yeah, Pluto ones, those are the deep transformations. Those are you, you emerge reborn, but you go through egoic deaths in the process. You get pummeled with your unconscious sort of scripts that have been holding you back you get to see these parts of you that you've kept hidden from yourself from others all these different things really bubbling to the surface and the distinction that I often make between urine or um, Neptune and Pluto transits about surrender is Neptune transits are this like beautiful surrender like take it from me you know just this sort of more I was gonna say orgasmic but like <laughs> this more just sort of flowy beautiful sort of like I trust in you you know really sinking into that trust Pluto surrender transits for me are I am so tired I can't do this anymore I am so exhausted please just take this I need I don't have the strength anymore and it's almost like in that true deep surrender does he come in and it's like now you're ready that's your initiation but until you get to that point he will he will drag you back down until you really realize what it is to relinquish control which is you know for many humans one of the hardest things that we, <laughs> that we tend to avoid at all costs yeah that's 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 spot on yeah <laughs> with these friends of ours okay <laughs> and for me that is that is a piece of it is making friends <clears throat> like becoming sitting down and having tea and and really getting to to know them exactly. as and and how they how they show up in you because it is, we do have an option to transform and we also have an option to, you know, double down and be like, oh no, no, I'm holding on to all of this detritus and, and these things that I don't need because I can't imagine my life without them. Exactly. And oftentimes just bringing consciousness to it is enough to help transmute it. You know, I can 
relate to that even just last week of sort of getting another intense hit with my Pluto transit. I was like, what is going on? And then I was like, I'm just going to name this. I'm going to name that I'm feeling super envious and jealous and rageful. You know, these parts of ourselves that we, you know, shame that we've, you know, society is like rage. No, you can't ever feel that or envy. You're a terrible person if you do. And instead of shaming, I was like, yeah, that's how I'm feeling. And I'm going to fully feel this. I'm going to make friends. I'm going to invite them to tea. Totally dissipated. I felt like a different person afterwards. And so it really is that, you know, for me with this Pluto trans, it's so important to remember it's that uh, Joseph Campbell, the cave you fear to enter holds the treasure that you seek. Like we can avoid wanting to meet them for tea against all costs but once we do it's like so freeing it's our liberation it's opens up it opens up a whole level of the world so with your pluto transit are you also then in your neptune square no so i'm in a pluto um personal planet okay so okay my or transiting pluto is squaring my venus which Mm. is conjunct my Pluto. So, oh, you're I'm, fun. Yeah. And <laughs> <laughs> I was like, should I? <laughs> yeah. So, you know, a Pluto, and I should mention with the sort of uh, major transits, off um, when they involve a personal planet, it's sort of an extra layer of um, it hits you. And then for me, because my personal planet Venus is conjunct um, Pluto, it's it's activating all of that Pluto energy already. So even though it's not an exact square, I'm getting, you know, with Pluto conjunct my Venus, that's where I hold my Pluto unconscious tendencies and the shame and the guilt and all of these things. So it's just like, ooh, let's bring it all to the surface. <laughs> We're going to make you just sit and play with it internally, externally. And, you know, I can attest to this tuning fork energy of seeing it unfold in situations around my life, you know, um, whether consciously or unconsciously attracting them. I'm giving myself this container to really work with these energies for better and for worse. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I agree that it's easier when you know you're go- like, it's easier when you're aware of the transits, right? Well, that's how also, that's how I got really curious and interested in astrology was I started listening to podcasts and I'm like, oh, well, I need to know what's going on for me, right? So it's either that, you either get curious and you start like doing the, you know, deep dive if you're interested in astrology or having an astrology reading, but either way, it's so helpful. Like it's so helpful to know. Um, and I have same, I've had the same experiences where I've gone through them looking back, right? It's like, cause then you get to look back at like when you previously have gone through transits and I'm like, oh, that's what it was, but I didn't know. <laughs> exactly. Right? Yeah. And that's why I'm feeling my work uh, shift towards that because once we know and get to work with it, so I can give a personal, and like, this is a sort of, uh, more um, potentially more extreme example but when I went through my Pluto square moon which was in 2008 I didn't know that I was going through a transit and so Pluto you know death secrecy you know the sort of hidden darker sides of humanity all these different things moon the mother safety um in that year that I went through, the first year that I went through my Pluto square moon transit, my mom was diagnosed with breast cancer. I got sick and put on antibiotics for six months. I was attacked and somebody tried to rape me. And I started dating somebody who ended up being very emotionally abusive. So within one year of that Pluto transit, you know, at the time I was 21 or something like that, I had no idea what was happening and you know again it's that sort of Persephone Pluto I I left my maiden behind and became an adult you know that really ruthlessly changed me and of course you know at the time it was 
crazy intense. Um, and my mom recovered, and so that was all amazing. But it it shifts you from a foundation. And so I feel if I had known that, I would have been aware of these energies at play. I might have been a bit more not in my maiden of super trusting and you know going out into the world and a bit more sort of conscious of the energies that are at play. And so when I was going into this Pluto transit, I had some fear because I was like, well, that was insanely intense that year. But now having that consciousness, having that like, I'm going to be aware, I'm going to know what the energies that are available out. So being able to really be more ruthless um, and sort of actively decide, okay, if this is about transformation, I can do it unconsciously, which was sort of my Pluto square moon, which was sort of having to have all these external um, situations really transform me this one you know i was given a situation a couple of weeks ago where i could have fallen back into old patterns and i was like absolutely not like i am not fucking around this <laughs> sorry <laughs> this time like this no i am not doing this i am not like i am showing pluto how much i revere him and honor him and venus who's um who's being transformed so I'm paying attention because I know that if I don't, you will take it from me another way. So, um, yeah. Great example. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's also like how I, you know, being able to look back in your life and look at my friends. Also, I'll pull up my friends charts and you learn so much by people's like real examples. Like that's how I've learned, you know primarily looking to different podcasts. And then, cause people will ask me like, do you have a book on astrology? I'm like, no, cause I literally have just done it all by like observing myself and the things that I've gone through with the different energies. Um, cause I think you can get, you know, there's themes when you're learning about astrology, there's themes and yes, that's, you know, helpful, but then it's the real life examples mm -hmm. that really bring it in and looking at yourself, looking at the people, you know, and that's where you start to like create this whole like, I don't know what the word is, um, like a bigger picture of how all the planets work, how they all interact with each other when they're transiting, when they're hitting different, you know, personal planets for you. And yeah, so I just love the, you know, bringing those real examples in. So yeah, thanks for sharing because, um, right. That's like where, that's where we see the real stuff happening. Mm -hmm. That's it. It becomes less um, scribey, written, conceptual, and more real. And that's, you know, what I've always said about astrology. It's supposed to be useful. You know, this is sometimes I have a little bit of a problem with sort of the like, you know, love pop astrology, love that it's getting really, you know, popular and all of that. But it's a tool to be used, you know, at its core. For me, <clears throat> excuse me, it's a very sacred art. You know, I treat a chart super sacredly. You know, it's an honor for somebody to allow me to look at their chart because it's their soul, you know? Like, yeah, I get to learn so much about somebody that way. And so having, you know, so often I get new clients who are going through a transit where it's just like what is happening give me some context and I would say the comment that I hear more than anything after a session is I just feel so validated in how I'm feeling I'm like exactly like it's not it's providing this sort of container for what you're going through it's not causing these things to happen but it's sort of holding you in this you know what these are the themes that you might be experiencing right now these are the themes that you might be uh, drawn to more often than not um, in these phases. And for me, again, what I'm just feeling more passionately about is that I see transits as a gift from the gods. I see them as these, you know, not everyone goes through a Pluto transit um, for certain parts of their chart. Um, and so, you know, it's hard to say when somebody's like in the depths of their Pluto transits, but these are, these are gifts because I don't see another time when we get this sort of like 
the celestial energies, the gods, ourselves working all together in this microcosm for our transformation, for our growth, you know, that's what it's about. And so I've gone through transits unconsciously. And now I'm like, oh, I want to give people that gift that if they choose to want to be able to work with this, this is, these are portals of energy that get to transform us for the rest of our life. And if we put in the work, we are always rewarded. You know, we are always rewarded. Beautiful. Love that. Gift transits. Yeah, I know. It's, it, it doesn't always go over super well when people are in the middle of it, when they're just like, please make it stop. But afterwards, they always mm -hmm. do, you know, and that's it. When you're in it, I know that when I'm out of this Pluto transit, I'll be like, oh, thank God, that was the most beautiful gift I've ever been given. Yeah. But there are moments where I'm just like, just make it stop. I don't want to feel this. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that very recently. Yeah. Like two <laughs> months ago. <laughs> but didn't it give you like the sort of courage or stamina to keep going, knowing that it's a specific container or? Yes. Um, be, you know, I, I have a natal Saturn Uranus square. Mm. Um, so while the world was going through the Saturn Uranus mm. square, feeling the discomfort of that, it's a comfortable energy for me mm. to have that revolution push against tradition. Mm -hmm. Um, and having Uranus pushing against my own, like having the collective rebel, pushing against my inner rebel mm. yes having a container for it and being like i just gotta make it i just gotta make it to march of 2022 <laughs> i just gotta make it to the end of march of 2022 it was almost a mantra mm -hmm. of yes there is a container for this um this is happening for me not to me Mm -hmm, I think totally. that is so, so, so important um, to remember. And that's why I love this idea of the gift of transits mm -hmm. um, because they are gifts. They, they show up in a container and they got surprises in them. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, as a mom, mm. I have a rule that if something comes into the house, something has to leave the house. So there's mm. a, there's an exchange of things with this gift of transits, things need to leave so we can integrate the gifts, um, and, and nice. make space for the new. Nice. Um, so I'm, I'm totally digging on that. We may call the podcast the gift of transits. Yeah. <laughs> a good one. Yeah. Yeah. Me, I, uh, I maybe a month ago recently had an experience that just felt like an embodiment of my Pluto transit. And I came back from this um, situation and just looked up at the stars and just said, well played gods, like well played. You can't write this. Like it is, it's almost comical, you know, to see it really manifest in front of you, you know, mm -hmm. of just like, you can't make it up, <laughs> you know? And I think it's when you're aware of it, then you get to see how it's playing out, you know, in that Pluto square my moon example, because I didn't have the language of astrology to guide me. I was just like, what? Why is everything in my life crumbling and disintegrating and so intense? Whereas this Pluto transit, I'm like, okay, yeah, this is what's happening. This is what he's asking for me. This is, you know, what I love about Pluto transits is what he's trying to do is get you to your true potential, your true power. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes we have such blocks against that. We don't see it for whatever different reason. And so that's why it can be so um, debilitating is to come to terms with our own true potential to our own true power and the sort of um, initiation process that that really um, takes sometimes. I love that. Yeah. It's like you're in on it rather than when you're not. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> to like joke about it occasionally. And like, it's, it does, it lightens it, even if it's very challenging, exactly. even if it's like super transformative, it still lightens it. Cause you can be like, like you said, like, well played. Like, 
Good yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have sent Alexis many messages over the last two months being like this Pluto transit, you know, and it's so nice to be able to talk to somebody who gets it because mm -hmm. I can just say, oh, at this degree and this, you know, and just somebody be like, oh, yeah, that's totally what you're going <laughs> through. Because mm -hmm. again, it, you need that humor you know gemini season we need that lightness to counteract that darkness sometimes we need that you know on one of the days of my pluto transit back in april i went super low super dark and a dear friend and uh, mentor here chris he he knows me well i have a very strong mercury in my chart and he just said to me he's like bring in some laughter and at the time I was like no that's not gonna help and then I felt so low and I was like you know what I am and it just shifted everything I remembered do you know the um the goddess Iambi or Baobo do you know mm -hmm. her story um but tell tell the story since Alexis is shaking her head no yeah. <laughs> and then our listeners can hear it so tell the story uh, so um, with the myth of uh, Persephone and, and Hades and Persephone being go, going down into the underworld, Demeter, you know, was so distraught, so um, heartbroken, so rageful of losing her daughter that, you know, she stopped the harvests, the, all the land went fallow, everything started to die and nothing could solve um, soothe her nothing could save her and so you know she was the world was dying because she was uh, taking away the harvest and so nobody could could um yeah really soothe her until she came to a town where she found iambi who is a descendant of mercury she's i believe i hope i'm getting this right pans granddaughter and Pan is a descendant of Mercury of Hermes and Demeter uh, runs into Iambi and Iambi makes her laugh for the first time in all of these months there's some versions where she like lifts up her dress and shows her her um her vulva to be honest and sort of because she's also associated with um sort of erotic sexual um uh, sexuality and so Iambi starts to make uh, Demeter laugh. And so she's refueled and finds the strength and the resolve to keep going, to keep finding Persephone. And that stuck with me so much because of the power of lightness and laugh sometimes that, you know, when nothing else in the entire world could soothe Demeter, the only thing that did was a smile, was a laugh that gave her that courage. And for me, you know, in these Pluto intense times, having that laughter come in, you know, having that sort of Gemini mercurial, okay, you know what, with the dark comes the light is such a soothing balm. And I think it's really important to remember that a shared laugh can just can heal, you know, so profoundly, so deeply, and it should never be taken for granted or uh, seen as a luxury, you know? And with our world pretty dark and heavy these days, it can seem like there's no time for that, but I really believe that, you know, still sharing that connection, sharing that deep heartfelt joy with another person can, is the soothing medicine that we need. I do remember reading that story. I just didn't associate the name, but is that in Women Who Run With The Wolves? Yeah, it's a short, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. She goes by two different names, yeah. Beautiful, yeah, thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, speaking of transits, this may be a new topic for some of our listeners. Um, progressed moons, you had brought up this um, earlier that you're starting to, um, are you starting to, what, what are you, well, well, tell us, what are you? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I brought up progressed moons because I find it fascinating and so, again, helpful. Again, what astrology is all about. It's supposed to be helpful in our lives. Um, and I'm collaborating with a dear friend of mine, Charlotte, uh, here in Bali. She's developing this Lunar Rhythms um, online course of yoga and yoga nidras, um, but also workshops about 
um, the moon. And so different ways to look at the moon, work with the moon. And so I'm coming in as the astrologer and doing segments on the progressed moon. Um, because again, I'll explain what a progressed moon is in a second, but it's, it is a really beautiful, powerful tool to start working with in our own charts. It provides this um, guidance, this inner guidance, this inner compass really um, to help us through what we're going through to provide context um, or direction even. So yeah, so this is just being filmed um, over the next couple of weeks in Bali. So um, I'll put my website and if you're interested, you can uh, find out more information on my website but it's gonna be a really beautiful way to, um, Charlotte is um, uh, a facilitator of menstrual cyclical awareness and so has done courses on that. And so we're bringing in, being able, <laughs> um, bringing in uh, working with the lunar rhythms and allowing your body to accustomize to that. Um, and again, giving yourself permission for where you're at both you know within your own menstrual cycle but also the lunar cycle of how our energy does shift you know with this beautiful powerful body um and really honoring that fabulous that sounds delicious yeah it's gonna be really good <laughs> and so for those who don't know what is a progressed chart because most of the time when you pull up a chart it's going to be okay this is the chart when you were born and you can sometimes have, you know, the transits on the outside of what's happening currently, but what's a progress chart? Cause that's different. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So like we've been talking about with transits, transits sort of highlight the situation that you're experiencing in your external life um, and the sort of situations that you might be uh, experiencing. A progress chart, a progress moon chart, I'll specifically be talking about um, is um, what my mentor, mentor Dana Gerdhart refers to as the traveling heart or the internal evolution of the self. And so rather than it being this externally driven, <clears throat> excuse me, um, situations that we're encompassing, it gives us this chance to really tune in to our heart's desire, where we where our, ten our tension wants to go, where we naturally are inclined to place our energy, place our intention. And so the beautiful thing with the progress chart, um, <clears throat> excuse me, let me just take some water. Um, with a progress moon chart is that we don't have to do anything. That's what's so beautiful. It's this chance to tune into our internal guidance. It, the progress moon, um, I get all of, um, I was taught with the progress moon by my mentor, Dana. So this is her, um, her view of it, which I just find so beautiful. She's a moon astrologer. Um, so she says it's this chance to tune into the right brain. We're not analytical, we're not logically thinking. It's this evolution of where our heart is wanting to guide us. And so how a progressed moon works is that it works, it's the equivalent of one day to one year. So in our outer moon, the moon moves through a phase every two and a half days, roughly. In a person's progressed moon chart, uh, uh, the moon moves, sorry, did I say phase or sign? <laughs> I meant sign. Um, so it moves through a sign every two and a half days, roughly in a progressed moon chart, it moves through a sign every two and a half years. And so the moon cycle in our external moon is a roughly 28, 29 days. We each have our own individual moon cycle that lasts 29 years. So there are these really long drawn out, slow moving progressions. And so a phase rather than lasting three and four days in our external moon lasts three to four years in a progressed moon chart. And so depending on what sign um, your progressed moon is in, what house, that's a really important indicator, and also what phase of the moon it is, it gives us 
it allows us to see where our heart's true desires are wanting to take us. It really guides us through our own internal evolution. Um, again, without having to consciously think about it or wonder or plan, uh, we're just sort of, you know, so often with clients when we start talking about progressed moons, they're like, oh, that's why I've just become super interested in wanting to have a family all of a sudden. My moon is in cancer, you know, just in, and so it allows this sort of um, opportunity to really get in tune with that right brain, with that internal guidance system that's wanting to lead you um, where you want to grow next. So, and I... I have a lot of mutable energy in my chart. <laughs> and so there's a part of me that also loves it because you get to experience what it's like to be a moon in all these different signs, you know, like you get to, I'm moving into um, a progressed Aquarius moon next week. Um, and I don't have any Aquarius planets in my, in my chart. And I'm excited. I'm like, what is this energy going to be like, you know? And oftentimes for people, um, that first month that the progressed moon changes, that's sort of when you can feel the most turbulence or the sort of shifting energy. It takes a little bit of time to get used to this new energy. Um, and so, you know, depending on the house that they're going through, it shows you where your interests lie. It shows you where you're wanting to be led. You know, when my progressed moon was in my ninth house, I was doing my master's, you know, I was all about seeking higher education, higher learning, expanding my world. I moved to England, you know, all these different things. And it just felt so natural to me. Um, and uh, so progress moons, we also get to experience these different phases and the phases of a progress moon. Dana, my mentor sort of refers to as the, the backdrop of what you're experiencing. Um, and so what, you know, it's sort of providing the, yeah, the backdrop of, of your life. So if you're in a dark moon phase, that's gonna feel a lot different than if you're at, you know, a crescent moon phase or your full moon phase. And so getting to have, again, the conscious awareness of these phases, we get to help guide ourselves, you know? Um, a personal example, I'm in my first quarter phase right now, um, which I've been, I think about a year. So I still have a couple more and it's the battle of the light and the dark, you know, it's this real, they're in equal measure. And up until now, you know, the, the unconscious has still been leading in a beautiful way, you know, for the dark new dark moon and new moon. We want to lead from the unconscious. We don't have enough consciousness to really guide us for us yet. We want to be listening to our heart, to the yeses, to the noes that our body's giving us. But as that consciousness and light starts to um, wax, then we start to have to bring in more of that conscious. And so this first moon quarter, what I'm experiencing is the ghosts of my past wanting to come, you know, really wanting to come and be like, nope. <laughs> Um, and so I feel this tension, you know, the um, first quarter is the 90 degree square, there's a tension to it, there's this like, battle type of energy. Um, and having this knowledge of my first quarter, you know, at the first quarter, there's sort of almost tasks that you do at each um, phase. And the first quarter is, you make a bold move, you break away from those unconscious patterns you forge ahead, you know, the first quarter is actually, it can more set the stage for your full moon illumination um, than the new moon actually, because this is where you commit, this is where you really get going on it. And so knowing that I'm like, oh, I don't want to fuck this up. Like I, I need to work with this, <laughs> you know, because if you don't put in the work at the first quarter, your full moon's not going to be as bright you know, and the full moon is so powerful because that's not to say that everything's going to go amazing. And, you know, it's, you're going to get everything that you've always wished, but the full moon illumination is you are, 
you have reached your internal self, your internal illumination. You are the strongest version that you've ever been. And for those eight years, that full moon disseminating, those are the years where you feel your strongest, your finest, you accomplished. And those are the years to celebrate how far you've come over the last 14 years since that new moon. Um, so again, it gives these containers to work with of like, okay, this is when I need to be, you know, the gibbous moon, you get more analytical, but you can also come up to these crisis of face of like, I just want to give it all up. And so knowing that it's like, no, you put in all of this work, but you're learning what needs to be tweaked. So don't throw it all away. You're not in the balsamic dark moon. You're not at the third quarter. Um, this is the time to keep going. Um, even if you're coming up against um, uh, some doubts. Now, do you tell what moon phase your progress moon is in based off of your progress sun or what is the phase based off of? It's based off of the progress sun, exactly. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, and okay. so, you know, for me also, I love it because my full moon comes in about eight years and I'm like, is that just less than eight years? Um, I'm like, that feels about right. You know, that feels about like on par with where I'm at. You know, it feels that sort of momentum where I'm at, where I'm like, yeah, these are the years that I want to continue to grow and ground and really become this version of myself. Um, so again, that container, that sort of gives you permission, you know, a little bit. And um, I have a client who's in a balsamic phase and a new client and she is just like, why is everything just disintegrating? You know, why can I, and I'm like, it's good. This is, you know, this is the fertilization for this new moon chapter. You want to let go. You want to rest. You want to say no as much as possible in your dark moon phase. So you have that energy. You have that ability to enter this new cycle again. Yeah, yeah that's where I'm at. I, okay. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. And also as an example, I, when my progressed moon was in my 10th house is when I left my job and started doing what I really wanted to do and what I loved. And so when you okay. said like, it's following your heart's desires, I was like, oh yeah, that makes sense. Right. Like that feels true to what I've experienced. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah. Was a very good example of that. Um, that yeah, when my progressed moon was in my 10th house, I made that shift. So Yeah. Yeah, my mentor was talking about like, she bought her first house when her progress moon was in her fourth, she had her baby when it was in the fifth. The only time she's ever been in serious relationships was when the progress moon was in the seventh, eighth. Um, so it's again, it's, you know, I've been in a progress Capricorn moon the last two years, roughly. And I felt that I'm like, okay, it's go time, you know, I want to build these structures. And I'm you know, Capricorn energy isn't my go-to energy, but um, that first month I had friends being like, whoa, you are on it. Like you are just getting this. And I'm like, I know, I just want to. Cause again, it's that like your heart's leading you. So I'm, again, that's why I'm kind of excited for this first month of Aquarius of like, ooh, how is this going to play out? <laughs> yeah, I love that. As an Aquarius sun, yeah, curious. exactly, exactly, yeah. <laughs> exactly, yeah. You can guide me through, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, I love it. Yeah, yeah. Amy, do you have any experience with your progress moons? I, uh, I don't have any experience with my progress moons. Okay. I, I'm sure I could. There's like, there's markers, there's tinging going on in my system. And I'm like, oh, I bet it was here then. And I bet it was there then. Um, it, <laughs> I haven't such, looked at it. No. It's such a fun exercise I, for the people who are listening. They won't be able to see, but I made this crazy chart recently, which is all my progressions. Um, to go through to really track them. And it's such a fun exercise. You know, when I was in my last full moon, I was 11 or 12. And in middle school, 
having the time of my life. Those friends I'm, are still my closest friends to this day. You know, those were the golden years of that time before high school and all of this. And, you know, seeing when my moon was in the 10th, that's when I left my job and, you know, started exploring different things. And when it was in the eighth, I got into like a super intense relationship. So it's, it's a fun game, you know, to get to see this. Cause again, uh, like I mentioned, it's your heart's leading you. You are not actively doing this. It's you're growing in these areas because your heart genuinely wants to. It's really allowing yourself to unfold, evolve in the way that your soul is really wanting to. I'm going to have to dig up a progressed moon chart now and yeah. see like where all the things are. Yeah. yeah. I have time frames that I'm like, oh, I bet that was, that was in 2007. And I bet that, <laughs> like I can, we'll see. Exactly. And that's it. And then it's like this, we'll see moment of uh, like, oh, okay. Yeah. That is. Um, and you know, when I was in my crescent moon phase before this, I, I was like, I just want to be at my full moon. You know, I just want to like have it all done. And the things that I, you know, have planted in the new moon, I just want to, you know, uh, flourish already flower. And it actually helped my mentor, Dana, get a new understanding of the crescent moon phase because of my impatience. Because if you look at the outer moon in the crescent moon, the earth shine has this sort of ring making it look full. So it almost looks like this ghost full moon. So oftentimes in the crescent progress moon phase, you think you're there. You think you've made it to the progress moon. <laughs> and I remember just looking at the moon one night when I was in this sort of like, I just want it now in my Capricorn sign. <laughs> just like, I want it now. Um, I just thought, I would never ask the moon to change signs. You know, I would never will her or ask her to be full when she's in her crescent. So why am I any different? You know, and it really helps me give permission to myself to be exactly where I'm at, to know that these are way deeper, more profound unfoldments that we're going through than um, my logical mind could ever conceive of. Yeah, and I'm so glad you brought it in because it's one of the things that I don't look at that often unless mm -hmm. somebody asks me or like I have a reading or something and it comes up. And so it was a chance for me to check back in with my progress moon and right and kind of like help me remember, oh yeah, that's right, that's where we are. And mm -hmm. so yeah, I'm glad you brought it in because it is a really um, beautiful and powerful tool. And I love the ways that you um, spoke to it. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of potency there. I'm like, yeah, there's just so many good nuggets here, Faye. <laughs> I love astrology. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you can tell my mercurial ways can just talk about it forever. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's so powerful when we get to really tune into it. And I just feel very passionate about it to guide us, you know. That's that, you know, Mercury, the patron of the show, the guide of the souls. Like, this is what it's here for. This is what we're, we've been blessed with to be able to have this knowledge and these insights. So getting mm -hmm. to work with them, because again, with the progressed moon, you make a totally different decision if you knew you were in your dark moon phase than you were would at your crescent moon. So again, mm -hmm. it's that like, oh, this is way deeper than me. This is my soul trying to guide me. So if I can really slow down, really embody and listen to what I'm experiencing, something way more profound than I could even ever think of um, could be unfolding. Yeah. yeah, I just love how the moon moves so slow. In the mm -hmm. It's just this like, I mean, the moon is already this internal, right? Like asking you to slow down, but it's like, because it's moving so slow, um, there's a real like depth and beauty to that, which I just love. And yeah, it's definitely worth checking out your progressed chart and particularly the moon. Cause again, same, I don't, I think cause that in the progress chart, things move so slow that I'll tend to look at my like moon and mercury, um, you know, in the progress chart, but it's definitely worth looking at. Yeah. yeah. 
So the last thing I wanted to ask you about, because I did peek at your website and I was like, oh, she does sinistry readings. Mm. And so even just briefly to talk about what sinistry is, because I know that's something also like Amy and I haven't touched on and maybe just what are like little key nuggets, like just top little things that you notice um, in sinistry. Because also I found, I mean, we, when we met, we put our charts together and did mm. a sinistry, right? And so you can do this in relationship with friends or really anybody, but I find them to be just super, super interesting. So yeah, if you could just touch on that. Totally. And uh, I have a, a Libra moon at zero degrees. So Sinistry is, is, I love sinistry because it has that sort of reflection uh, piece to it. So sinistry is, uh, like Alexis uh, briefly mentioned, it's when you put two natal charts on top of each other. So like you would put um, transits on a natal chart, you can do this with another person's chart. You can do it with multiple people's chart, but sinistry, the, what I work with is with two. Um, so just like with transits, how um, a transiting planet would impact the natal chart, the way that two charts interact with each other um, allow for different aspects. So you can have conjunctions, you can have oppositions, you can have trines, you can have squares, you can have similar rising signs. Um, and so based on how these two charts interact with each other, it has this profound depth to understanding how two people work, how two people weave together is the sort of analogy that I like to use. So working with this, uh, with synastry, it, I, I think it is just what every relationship needs. <laughs> When I've done synastry, like with partners, when I knew astrology, it, one of the, what I find so profound is again, it helps you understand how somebody is hardwired. And so when I was working with synastry in a relationship, I wouldn't take things personally because I knew that, oh, this is just how they're made up. This is how they work. It's not something to do with me my labor moon can get a little sensitive sometimes. So, you know, and so working with the synastry, you can really understand where there's ease in relationships, where you just connect. For both of, uh, I have two astrology mentors and for my first one, Chris and current, um, my son is exact his, um, my son Mercury is exact his Saturn which is a very mentor-mentee relationship. And my other mentor, Dana, my Saturn is exact her son. So these two mentorship relationships, we both have these very potent mentor-mentee relationships of helping me grow, helping me master my craft. Um, and so working with synastry, whether it's in romantic relationships or business partnerships or you know, parent-child relationships, you get to see where the ease is. You get to see where there's a natural flow where you might, you know, you might discover that you both have a predominance of air in your chart, which is why you can connect and chat for 16 hours and have this natural ability. And then you see where the squares are, the oppositions, where, where you might not relate. You know, I'm getting really interested in um, like what I'm calling Venus love languages about how you know, Venus in our chart shows us our love language, shows us how we operate, shows us how, what we need and want in a relationship. And so that differs depending on where she, what sign she's in for different people. So helping you understand how another person works, what you need, how individual that is versus another person, um, and really getting to support support each other like again coming back to that this is a support system this is a support system to help you really accept yourself in relationships accept another in relationships and again bringing in that transit part how helpful is it if you can say to your partner like i'm going through this crazy transit right now so like that's you know these things are coming up you know again it provides that container that context that something much larger is at play 
And so based on the astrology and the synastry, you know, even um, I look at the rising signs of, um, of two people and their opposition. And even that can sort of show a compatibility of if you have the same rising sign or even the opposition, you share sort of same views of looking at the world. You can want the same types of things. So it can, um, that's not to mean that if you have opposite or, you know, different rising signs, that's a bad thing. And I will just preface that. I am, I never ever have the chart to be the be all to end all in a synastry you know i believe in free will above all and so it manifests in different ways um, but it can provide a container or context um so yeah even with the uh the rising signs you know i'm a sag rising and when i was learning this with my mentor dana I'm like, yeah, I do want somebody just to travel the world with and go and play and explore and have adventures and things, which is very different than a Capricorn rising who wants, you know, the house and the stability and have the kids. And that's a generalization. But um, so again, even that sort of synastry, the way they work together can really be enlightening. Yeah. Yeah. And I find sometimes it's those um, more challenging or you know, the things that you would look at and you wouldn't be like, oh, this is the most beautiful ease filled thing. But sometimes those are the most, um, you know, like there's a depth to that too. So I agree that there's really no like good or bad. It's just, and I'm thinking right now, I'm just like, oh yeah, having like, I know um, for me, I was listening to someone talk about planets in detriment, which is a different topic, but that I have a few and that's actually like where I have the most growth and like I find them to be the biggest gifts. So I think even in sinistry, if you have two people lined up and you're like, oh, that's a little challenging aspect there. Or that's it's like, yeah, but there's growth there. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, of course you can have, you know, some beautiful things in sinistry and that's beautiful too. Um, but yeah, I like how you preface that too, but like, there's really no, you know, end all be all good, bad. It's just information that helps you in whatever you're in. Exactly. And um, my mentor would always say, you can make a square into a trine with the right intention, you know, and I really always love that. It's, it's about intention. It's about working with that. I have a lot of square. I have a grand cross in my chart. And like, there's a part of me that likes that friction. I have to admit, likes that tension. It, like, I need a little bit of, um, of, of friction sometimes to get things going to really feel that passion so exactly a square is not a, is not a be all end all mm-hmm. it can be that growth point exactly like you say I love that yeah I think that's a beautiful message just for astrology in general mm-hmm, totally. like you know like and that's yeah. I think when I started listening to some podcasts I was like oh I have some like not great things in my chart and like because there is that stigma of like yeah. certain astrologers still have this you know old way of looking at it but Mm -hmm. as I've grown and also you know started listening to people who um you know I am in the same kind of um frequency with it's like oh those aren't there's no bad those Mm -hmm. are actually the things that I'm like yeah that's right that's what I (laughs) (laughs) that I love and I agree I mean you know we're born with it for a reason like that's part of um yeah what makes us tick and so yeah I think astrology in general whether we're talking about transits, synastry, right? Any of these things. Um, yeah, it's all just beautiful information. Yeah. And it's how you work with it. And, you know, like my Pluto square transit right now, I'm working hard to make that into a trine, you know, <laughs> like I will, I'm, I'm trying to try this. Um, and it, exactly. I think that's so important, like you say, to remember in all of astrology, because yeah, I have a bit of a, you know, the maleficent planets and things like that i'm like no you know saturn you can't call saturn that (laughs) no wonder people fear him so much um uh when really in in reality it's like these are what makes us grow these are the points that we get to define ourselves and you know sometimes i'll just look at my grand cross in my chart and just focus on that middle point and just like oh how sweet that is when all of those energies come together you know Love it. Super good. Any 
last any last pieces you want to bring in, Faye? I I think I've covered it a lot. I don't <laughs> I don't want to overwhelm, so I'll leave it at that. Transits and progressions are uh, are two really important pieces, and I really encourage people to get to know them, get familiar, use your intuition. That if you're like something is just going on that feels bigger than me, that's that that's that sign to get curious to start working with these energies. Um, because again, like I said, they're here, both the progressions and the transits, they're here to help, you know, they're here for our guidance, for our support, for our growth more than anything. And so it's um, a beautiful potential to be able to really resonate with them and start to work with them. Fabulous. Any other questions that you have, Alexis? <clears throat> Oh, like Faye said, I think we covered a lot and a lot of it is probably new for people. So (laughs) I think, and I know I got a lot out of it. So I'm just Mm -hmm. super excited to go back and look at some things in my chart. But yeah, no, I feel like we covered some really good stuff. Yeah. Thank you for being here with us tonight, Faye. If anybody were to want to get a hold of you, what's your website? Um, so my website is faynorthgrave.com. Uh, I'll put a link to it in the show notes mm-hmm. and yeah, please feel free to reach out with any questions or curiosities. I love hearing from people. Um, and I'm here as a support for anybody who's, uh, feels resonant with this type of work. So you can tell I'm very passionate about it <laughs> and, uh, and love to be able to, uh, to guide people through, through what they're experiencing in their lives and just bring in that, um, support and, uh, self-acceptance. Love it. Beautiful. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, We want to encourage everybody to like, subscribe, share, leave us questions or comments. We love hearing from you and interacting with you and leave us some stars. The more you interact with us, the easier it is for people to find us. So I think that is, is kind of our sign off. So Thank you, Faye, for being here with us. And Thank you um, so much for having me. It was amazing. Such a pleasure to be with you both. I learned so much. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I hope everyone has a great night. We'll see you next time. Thank you. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed. And if you did, please share us with your friends. You can also head over to our YouTube channel where you can leave us some comments. Let us know what you thought. We would love to hear from you.